This episode is brought to you by Roster Up Media, your home for tangible insights on the NFL and fantasy football. For the hottest takes and deep dives on your favorite NFL teams, as well as daily and season-long fantasy football hacks, head to rosterupmedia.com. If you love football, you'll love Roster Up. What is up, everybody? We are back for another episode of Jet Up, part of the Roster Up Media Podcast Network. It is week two. We have watched a Jets football game. We have a lot to talk about today. I'm here with Ryan, our co-host. Ryan, say what's up. Yo, what's up? How you feeling about uh, recapping this week's game and, and thinking about the next one? Just overall thoughts. Uh, exciting. Lot to lot to unpack and, and look at, you know, different aspects of our first game and and looking forward to week two. But, you know, obviously got a lot to get into today. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, I'm excited too. Obviously disappointing Sunday a little bit, but there's some bright spots and obviously things to work on. Um I don't know. I, I was up and down throughout the game. Um what about you? Uh, for the people that watch the game with me, uh, they'll tell you that I told everybody that the season was over after two quarters. Um, <laughs> and I was expecting, you know, an absolute fold from everybody in the second half. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised that, you know, we made halftime adjustments. Uh, that's the first step in the right direction as far as the new coaching staff knowing what they're doing. Um, they came out and, and changed a lot of things in the second half, which helped them um, – you know, be a lot more successful in the second half, especially offensively. Um, yeah, I, I was obviously a little bit over dramatic because you know, week one, <laughs> you get excited, but uh, no, I think we we had a definitely a totally different game to talk about in the second half than the first half. But I was nervous, I was excited. I, you know, I watched the game with a, a, a big time Panthers fan, so it was pretty fun. But uh, after watching two quarters, I said, oh, my goodness, we did not improve at all. That's why I got a little upset. And I understand we're in the rebuild. We're, you know, that's what we're doing. We're not winning the Super Bowl here. But my biggest thing was, oh, my goodness, we didn't take any steps forward. And I understand that, you know, that's there's going to be moments like that during the season. But I don't think I was – I think I hyped myself up a little bit too much for the season. Um, but I definitely calmed myself down in the second half. Um, especially as Zach looked a lot better, a lot more comfortable, um, you know, making plays all over the field. Uh, offensive line really struggled. Uh, that was my biggest concern. I think that's every Jeff fan's biggest concern. Um, but no, like totally tail of two different halves, um, as we'll get into, like I said, but uh, definitely some bright spots. Uh, frustrating most of the game, but, you know, they didn't fold, they didn't back down and, and they made adjustments. So I think that's really what we're trying to look for, coaching and, and Zach. And that's really what we got. You know, it's funny uh, how you can go from one side to the other in a matter of minutes. Um, but I, I get it. It was a frustrating first half, but we'll jump into some of the specifics in a minute here. Um, segment one, we're going to this year going to be doing uh, a few segments. So we'll have about four different segments, three or four segments, depending on the week. Uh, but our first segment, we're just calling it Ryan's Recap. So 
going to give you the floor on this, going to let you give any unfiltered thoughts you have on this week's performance uh, against the Panthers, what went well, what went wrong, and then I'll kind of give my response to that. So I'm just going to yeah. let you jump in. You can start from the beginning. I don't care how you approach this, but let's just hear some of those those things that uh, – some of those reactions we had during the game after. All right, sounds good. Well, let, let's start pregame. Uh, you know, got sat down at a restaurant, you know, bunch a couple Jeff fans, a couple Panther fans, got some, some wings, got some, uh, some pizzas, things like that, getting ready to go. Uh, very excited, very nervous at the same time, but, um, started off, you know, really exciting first drive, you know, got a first down right off the bat. I was like, oh my goodness, we're back. Um, you know, and that quickly, uh, you know, changed my mind after we couldn't move the ball down the field. We couldn't protect Zach. Um, so really the biggest uh, thing that, you know, was glaring to me in the first game was the offensive line. Um, Makai Becton, who unfortunately got injured, really didn't look too great. Um, really couldn't keep his, you know, he, he struggled to hold blocks, I felt. Um, and that really goes for the entire offensive line. I thought McGovern was solid. Um, I thought AVT was struggling a lot. But at, at the end of the day, I watched the tape again, and I saw him um, making some real nice plays in the running game, which was encouraging. Um, pass pro as a whole, really rough. Fans really struggled at right tackle. Uh, so that's got to get cleaned up. That was my first thought. Um, I thought Corey Davis, you know, was awesome. Very exciting to see us have a legit number one wide receiver out there. Uh, a lot of people forget that he was in the number five overall pick a couple of years ago. So it's really nice to see him out there. Um, I loved the fact that Zach was able to make plays without the uh, help of the offensive line, and even the running game was really not there. Um, and second half adjustments and then the way that Zach and them rallied in the second half, that was my favorite part of watching the game is that, you know, old Jets teams, they just put it in the tank, fold, and that's it. If this is last year's team, that game becomes 35-42 nothing. Or, you know, maybe we put up seven at the end, like, you know, all last season when we just put a garbage time touchdown in. So really love the rally, really love, you know, roller coaster of emotion throughout the game. But uh, definitely an exciting first game. Obviously, a big defensive battle. Forgot to shout that out. I would definitely say that the defense was was there to play. Um, and you just see they're playing a lot harder. Um, not to knock any guys from last year because they all played hard. This year, I felt like, you know, getting Mosley back, you know, Marcus May's flying around the field. Um, Goudry's making some great tackles in the open field um, out of the slot. And Michael Carter, okay, Michael Carter, uh, the corner from Duke, really awesome game. I thought there's a lot of bright spots on the defensive end. Um, obviously, it's things to lose your punter, but Matt Amendola stepped up. And uh, I know I just went on a little bit of a rant there, but I really believe that there were some bright spots trying to be positive. Um, but again, come Sunday, I'm going to, you know, act like the season's over after, you know, Zach throws an interception or whatever it may be, but, uh, definitely some bright spots after a couple days removed from the game. And, uh, I think we're going in the right direction. You know, guys, guys were there and they, and they battled and they played the entire game. So not much to complain about as far as, uh, the defense goes. Yeah, what I loved was it was really a, a bend don't break mentality for the defense. You know, it was like they were they were getting driven down the field on with these dump offs to McCaffrey, but you know they closed well on the tackles. When they got into the red zone, they really held up well. Other than a cup, you know, the one Sam Darnold run, 
Um, we all knew a Robbie Anderson Hail Mary was coming at some point in that game. Um, so glad it only happened once. Um, but overall, I feel like Hall and, and Guidry and, you know, the, the Michael Carter II held up pretty well on the outside. Um, obviously, players like DJ Moore are hard to stop. But, uh, the, you know, they stopped the red zone offense a lot. You know, so I was pretty impressed with that. Um, I think obviously glaring issues in pass rush. We only sacked Darnold once all day. Uh, Zach was sacked like six times or something like that. Um, so the Panthers do have better pass rushers than us. So I'm not going to act like we have the same level of talent there. But where the heck was Quentin Williams? I mean, where in the world was that guy? Yeah, he struggled big time. Um, well, you know what? I'm not even going to go as far as say he struggled. Um, you know, obviously when you're the best player in the defensive line, um, you're going to get keyed in on, obviously we've had this conversation about Quinn many times. Uh, I think we all just had such a high expectation week one against that, uh, weak Carolina, you know, offensive line. We thought he was going to be in the backfield every play, which was not the case. Um, you know, chalk that up to me. I think that goes to coaching. I think, you know, Matt rule does a real good job. I think, you know, they said, if we can stop Quinn if he, you know, make sure he doesn't, you know, make a ton of tackles in the backfield, tackles for losses, sacks. We can kind of get the ball out quick with Sam. I think that was the biggest thing. Uh, he had three tackles. Um, again, D-tackle, not coming off the edge, is a little tough. We need to see more from him, obviously, going forward. But I'm not going to overreact to Quinn's pr- production week one. Um, just like I'm not going to overreact to Denzel Mims or anything like that, you know, where there's a lot of storylines around it week one. You know, week four, week five, things are still the same. Then, you know, we can start to talk about it. But I think we're going to be just fine. Um, And on the flip side, shout out to Carolina's front four. Those guys are, you know, absolute beasts. Very, very good offensive, uh, defensive line. Got after the quarterback all day. Stopped the run. Those dudes are legit. Um, And Hopefully our line can look like that, you know, a year or two from now. Yeah, no, I think that it was very impressive. I said, I think we said in our podcast last week, we feel like the Panthers are probably like one year ahead of the Jets in terms of preparing uh, for the playoffs, things like that. So definitely uh, a nice front four they had there. I think if we had Carl Lawson, it would have been a slightly different story. At the same time, you got to play with the guys you have, you know, and um, I think John Franklin Myers is a bright spot. We'll get into sort of who, yeah, we'll get into sort of who was up and who's down from the game, but. There were definitely some bright spots, and it was, like you said, extremely refreshing to see second-half adjustments. I don't know if there's been a Jet team in the last 20 years that makes second-half adjustments to fix Especially what was going on the wrong. Offensive side. Um, I think defensively we've had some pretty right. solid defensive coaches, so I'm not going to knock the defense because, you know, obviously we've been up and down, but, you know, Rex and even Todd Bowles, they, they knew how to adjust a little bit on the defensive side. Offensively, you know, if the game plan wasn't working, especially with Adam Gase, you know, the game plan was the game plan. There was no fixing it. I think um, we started to go a little bit more spread in the second half, and, and Zach got the ball out a little quicker. I think uh, I was talking to somebody. They said the first, you know, few drives, these, you know, they were running some deep routes, you know, you know, long setup routes where by the time Zach is waiting for the receiver to turn around, you know, 15 yard down, yards down the field, you know, he's getting hit. So, I think they made an adjustment where they were like, let's get some dump offs. And then Zach obviously made some incredible plays where he extended it. Um, but I think we got to make the offense a little bit easier for Zach going forward, just like Carolina did with Sam, where they were just dumping it off. Obviously helps when you have a, you know, the best running back in football. Um, but, you know, and Christian McCaffrey, but 
you know, as going forward, I would love to see LaFleur, you know, get make, you know, throw Zach a screen, throw Zach, you know, a couple, you know, short routes just to get comfortable. Um, just so, you know, then you take your shots, you know, third, fourth quarter. But that's just me. Again, first half wasn't good, came out, adjusted. Zach was better. But if you can't block it, at the end of the day, you can't run anything. So that was the biggest thing to me. You know, LaFleur can get all the blame he wants. At the end of the day, we can't block for Zach. We're not going to be able to run anything. So, you know. Totally agree. No, I, I think there's things you can scheme up in the offense that help your offensive line, too. Like, you know, when you're only when you're running these plays where these guys, pass rushers have three, four, five seconds you know, to try to get to Zach because we're running these deeper routes or things like that. It, it makes your line work a lot harder. And then those, those players know they could just bull rush and go, you know, go crazy with it. When you start adding in these screens, these dump offs, these, you know, these plays that don't require a lot of time, it, it forces the def- the defense to, to respect it a little bit more and be a little bit more careful about some of those, like, you know, cover zero, you know, you know, blitz is where they're just sending the house. So yeah, then we saw um, that a lot. We saw a lot yeah. of stuff, like cover zero blitzes, and Zach was kind of, you know. And I will say, you know, he got rushed. I'm not even going to use the word frazzled or anything or panic or anything like that because his body language did not show that. He was, you know, getting rushed, and, and it was not great to watch because he was a little bit, you know, his timing was off with all the the cover zero blitzes and things like that. Um, but to me, the biggest thing is that he was stepping into pressure and throwing. Even if it wasn't a completion, he looked confident and comfortable. So I think that was a super positive thing to see if you could take away anything from Zach's game. Um, yeah, he was you know, not he, at all like frazzled by the rush. He did not look to me. Yeah, as a rookie, especially someone who's not used to a rush like that, coming from BYU, I think you know he he definitely looked comfortable in there. He did not have happy feet. Um, he was stepping up and and finding lanes within the pocket to make throws. Um, so that was impressive. His arm talent is obviously there. He had some incredible like moments where he just flicked the ball and it was flying downfield. You know, obviously we had some drops, um, but you know, first week I'm not going to go crazy over some of these things because these players have not played a real game together. Um, some of that came too on the offensive line. You could just tell there was miscommunication all over the place. Like a lot of these rushers, like were coming free at Zach, so that's not supposed to happen. You know, they're no, they're I supposed mean, to be. Is- you know, it's it's game one, so I give them a benefit of the doubt on. Also, the first you know, time they haven't played, played together. together on the on yeah. the line, yeah. And, and you know what? We're the youngest team, and I'm, again, not excuses, but we're the youngest team on like rostered team, uh, average age in the league. Um, a lot of rookies, a lot of you know young guys. So it's like let's you know obviously we can have some growing pains. So as frustrating as it is in the moment, you got to say these guys are young. You know, we're not playing for the division this year, even though they're going to put, you know, a ton of effort out there, which you already saw with the intensity that they played with. So we just got to take it, you know, day by day as far as watching what they do, because we I saw a stat the other day. It's like we have no draft picks, almost none left from the previous GM. So it's like that's where the heart of the team is supposed to be is your draft picks. So Joe Douglas really completely wiped everything out. Um, and he's going to build it with his draft picks. Let's hope they come through because 2020 draft class right now, not looking too hot uh, with Makai getting hurt and, and Mims not really getting in the action and Ashton Davis hurt. So I'm hoping those guys come around, you know, mid to late season. But um, yeah, that, that's kind of how I'm feeling. I'm not going to overreact um, to every little thing, but uh, hopefully we'll see improvement. 
Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Some of these injuries, obviously, how that affects, you know, the overall uh, the game as far as offensive line, especially. Um, now we're going to have, you know, with the Makai injury, he's out four to six weeks. Um, you know, they're, they're going to have, what is it, Font move over to the left side, have yeah, Moses that's come in on the right. Which is, it is, which it is. So well. you hope, yeah, you hope that he's better on the left than he was on the right this past Sunday. And um, to me, I said this today, um, obviously we're not talking about it right away, but I think we should have more success next week with the line, even without Beckton, because they don't have like a one dude on, on New England that's going to really give us fits. It's going to be a scheme thing where Belichick just crushes us. But we'll get into that. But, you know. Yeah, we'll, we should we'll have, have uh, in, in our last segment, we'll talk a little bit about our, yeah, our matchup saying, this week. But forward, uh, we should be improved. Uh, on the offensive line, which which I think will happen, even though it really stinks to lose Beckton uh, week one. Yeah, he was pretty visibly upset when he got hurt. I think he was probably more upset that he just wasn't going to be able to play for a bit. He probably thought he tore something. So um, yeah. I'm I'm glad he did not. You know, I'm happy it's only six weeks at most, but it's still frustrating when you have somebody like him who's been hurt multiple times in just two years, and this obviously the worst of it. Um, but the team's going to have to step, step up. That's why you go and sign a player like Morgan Moses, because you need the depth, you oh, know, and you now have guys on the line who have all been starters in the league. So it's not like, you know, Morgan Moses is some random guy. He comes in and he's got good starting experience. So I think and he put out some real good run, run block reps, uh, when he again, got in the game last week. So, uh, I'm very, I I'm high on Mark, Morgan Moses. I think he's going to be pretty solid. I know he lost the job to Fant early on, but he's a player, man. I I think we'll be okay. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So that'll pretty much wrap up segment one for us, Ryan's recap. And uh, we'll get right into segment two here, which we call some gas, some break. And off the, uh, the very popular Robert Sala motto, all gas, no break. Some gas, some break is a segment where we go through which players are up. Let's give them some gas and which players are down. So we're going to pump the brakes a little there. So some gas is where we start. So I'm just going to go with the guys that I think are obvious for us. Zach Wilson. I mean, half one, he was definitely on the uh-oh trend with the, a shaky interception. But half two, he pretty much silenced any question marks that we had after that first half. Was throwing literal laser bolts across the field to Corey Davis. I mean, it was it was pretty fun to watch. So he looks like an absolute natural out there. Very excited to see him, um, you know, with uh, a little bit better protection and receivers that are not dropping balls because he could have easily had 300-plus yards and potentially another touchdown if there weren't some drops. Uh, and he had even an inkling more time in the pocket. So for me, Zach is that first player who's up. Uh, anything else you want to say about Zach before we keep moving? No, I think you said it all. I think he's... He did well. I think uh, he hit adversity in the first half and he showed up. So that's all I can say about Zach. I I was excited to see that. Indeed. Indeed. I mean, on the play he threw to Denzel Mims uh, in the fourth quarter to get them downfield before they scored with the the Corey Davis pass um, on his throw to Mims. Most people didn't see it and I didn't even see it until somebody provided a camera angle. But he steps up in that pocket, slings it to, to Mims on like a complete like laser across the field and then he gets absolutely just taken out in in his rib cage and 
you know, got right back up, came downfield and, and scored a touchdown. So that was exciting to see. He took a lot of hits and he, he even admitted after the game, he had the wind knocked out of him a couple of times, but he's I'm, showing yeah. that, that he can be tough. I mean, that play of course was, was very impressive. I think the most impressive, one of the most impressive parts of his game that day was when Derek, uh, Derek Brown, who had a heck of a game, you know, completely crushed him in the pocket. Um, it must have been a misassignment. I don't even know what happened, but he got crushed, drove into the turf, his head bounced off the turf. Next play, throws a touchdown to Corey Davis. So the resiliency and, and the ability to bounce back, you know, is awesome. I, I love that he can do it, but at the same time, uh, you know, I don't love to see him get hit. We got to protect the kid, but you know, that has not, not very little to do with him because you know, he does have to get rid of the ball. He ext- tried to escape a ton of sacks, which is, you know, that's instinct, but at the same time, he could have threw it away. That's just growing pains with a rookie. Um, but he did have some nice elusive plays where he got out of the pocket, uh, made plays. So yeah, I, I got nothing really bad to say about Zach Wilson other than he, hopefully he just continues to improve. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I was definitely pumped at how he reacted to a lot of those hits um, and just kept fighting. He had his sleeve torn off and I mean, the dude was getting hit, man. He's playing real football out there. So exciting to see him just keep getting back up. And not only that, but coming out right after that and throwing some some absolute yeah. time. So let's just hope he doesn't um, get, you know, beat up that bad every week. Yeah, I mean, we, ha- we have to hope so. I mean, the Panthers pass rush is good. So I'm not going to, you know, uh, act like it was some fluke that he was getting hit. But the O-line's got to hold up a little bit better, obviously. And we can't have him taking those hits for, for 17 straight games. I mean, he's got to be able to. No, he won't make game without without that. He won't make it. So yeah, I think I think we've we've covered Zach. Do uh, you have anybody else on the on the list? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I gave my MVP of the week to Corey Davis. Um, I, I think that guy really came out and proved that he is a wide receiver one. Something that Jets fans have been wanting for a long time since Brandon Marshall was on the team. Um, you know, in his first year, where you're going to throw the ball to him and he's going to be better at getting it than the corner. You know, he's going to have a better chance at it than the corner. So um, he was just ripping the ball out of the air. Uh, His routes were crisp. He was getting open. Uh, He did have one drop, but, you know, other than that, he played really, really well and showed his after-the-catch ability on some of those crossing routes. Corey Davis was my MVP for the game for the Jets. Um, If it wasn't him or or Zach, my next guy is, is Matt Amendola. I mean, let's talk about that for a second. Punter goes down, braided man, on the first punt of the game. Matt Amendola, the kicker, who admitted after the game he had never punted in a in a, any game in his life, including high school, comes out and booms a 66-yard punt on his first punt ever. And throughout the day, continues to just absolutely bomb the ball from, from the punting uh, position. You know, he didn't actually have to kick any field goals on Sunday. But he he really made people happy with his punt. So I know they picked up a punter this week to come in since man will be out for a little bit. But my goodness, I mean, Amendola is, is, is the most jacked kicker I've ever seen in my life. But he's also yeah. now a heck of a punter. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, special teams is, is, is so important to the game. Obviously not the most exciting part of the game, but so important. He really showed up and, and played well. And I know it might sound crazy, but I really believe that I, I just really believe that Sa- like Rob Sala like has such an impact on these guys that they show up. Like I know it's been week one, it's one week, but I just feel as though like 
these guys are playing with confidence and, and you don't go out there and punt that way you do when you've never done it before without confidence. So um, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe that makes no sense to a lot of people listening, but I think when you have confidence um, from your head coach and, and, and who from Boyer, from coach Boyer, who, who I brand Boyer, who I think is a terrific special teams coach. I think it goes such a long way and our special teams have been good for a long time. So for him to show up like that, you know, as, impressive as it is i expect our special teams to be good just because we're they're always pretty well well coached um since we've been you know for years so that was a really cool thing to see obviously not going to get too much into the special teams game but that was definitely cool um and he's i've liked everything i've seen from Mdol so far absolutely and and to be honest with you the punt coverage unit was was excellent too i mean they were uh, hardy, i thought too much about yeah. punts today but they were all over the return. I think Hardy Hardy plays so tough, and, and and you know for the limited snaps he gets on the field, um, he really you can tell why he's a captain. Just by the way he flies down the field after he makes a tackle, after one of his teammates make a tackle, he's all fired up. Um, that's like you know, that's culture guy number one. Like he, he came in early on free agency, and he's already making an impact in the special team. So and he's a captain. I, I love what they're doing um, with the special team. So again. Uh, not going to dive too deep into it, but yeah, it was, it was kind of cool to watch. Uh, when you're noticing it, when you're noticing it and getting excited about it, it's obviously going above and beyond. So I think I was, I was texting you guys and I was like, I can't believe how well our punt coverage has been today. So not something we normally get into too much, but it's, it's one of those areas that will matter as you go throughout the season, because you just don't want to give up too many yards on those. You want to pin teams deep, and it changes the game when when field position is is uh, yeah, no you know, part of it. So um, anyway, gonna, can I give you one for? Uh, sure, yeah, you go for it. Yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna be too long winded here because you know it wasn't the entire game of dominance, but I thought Michael Carter, like I mentioned earlier, uh, Michael Carter the second, who is I think that's you know on his jersey. He's uh, mm-hmm. from Duke. He was a late round pick and. And him and uh, Eccles really stepped up to the plate. You know, they didn't give up any touchdowns. Saw a stat. They didn't give up any penalties. Um, and, you know, they really showed up. And they're rookies. And and uh, there was a really nice play earlier that, that Carter was one-on-one man coverage. Uh, the guy ran a post corner, and he, he broke it up. And then I was impressed by that because, you know, I really thought we made a mistake by not bringing back Brian Poole. Um, but, you know, Joe Douglas trusts his draft picks. And, I thought that was awesome. I thought he played real well, and, and hopefully that continues. But I thought corner was definitely, you know, as a group, you know, safety struggled a little bit. Um, but at corners as a group, I thought uh, I'd give them, you know, a pretty good grade going going forward uh, as far as that game goes. Yeah, they're actually on my list. So uh, um, they were one of the groups I had. I just had them as a, as a group because, to be honest, I think it was one of our concerns going into the season. Lots of unknowns there. Bryce Hall showed some promise, you know, going in. He played pretty well. Um, and this was no slouch group of receivers we went up against this week. You know, Moore and Anderson are are good wide receivers, as well as Terrace Marshall. Um, and these, you know, these guys held up. So, obviously, let's, there's let's here and there it's a fluke play, but it was mostly on the safeties. And, and let's hope that continues. Obviously, week to week it's going to be different. Um, they're not going to be perfect, you know, going against different teams. Obviously, Sam played well. He's not, you know, Mahomes. He's not these top guys that were you know, going to end up, obviously we're not playing Mahomes this year, but certain quarterbacks this year are going to be able to see, you know, veteran guys are going to see who they can pick on on the outside, on the inside. But as far as right now goes, week one, you know, they did well. So let's hopefully this time next week, we're talking about the corners showing up against New England. 
Yeah, and we can't. We got to take our wins where we can, right? So um, we're going to gas these corners up this week. And and my last player, my my last player who we're gassing up is is John Franklin Myers. Felt like the only pass rusher this past week who actually was showing up on the stats was being talked about in the broadcast, um, and he looked like he actually belonged out there. So uh, you know, I know we a lot of promise with him coming into the season and and being across from Carl Lawson. So you know. Franklin Myers was talking about when Lawson went down, how, you know, he reached out to them and, and how he was like, you guys, you know, it's up to you guys now step up, get it done. And I think he's someone to keep an eye on for, you know, a high sack total this year. Yeah, And he's young. And I think he's got a lot of potential and, and he's a free agent after this year, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, we don't have too many guys to pay. So hopefully he has a real good year. We can retain him on, on the team and, and move forward with, you know, hopefully he could be that other edge rush you know, alongside Lawson next year. But, yeah, I, li- I like what he did. I, li- I like his pressure. I like his intensity. Um, and he just seems like he's got the tools to be a good edge rush. And I think I think he will be. He does. He does. Um, so now that we've went through the positives, some of these players that are, are, are up this week for us, we're going to pump some brakes on a few other guys. We mentioned the O-line. We're not going to get too into that. Um, obviously, we we talked about Becton's injury, and even when he was playing, it wasn't the best. Um, I did want to call out a somewhat alarming stat. Um, when Becton was not out there on Sunday, uh, Zach was sacked on four out of 13 pass plays. Um, so that's a little bit alarming. Um, that is a high percentage of, of times being sacked. Um, and I bet you there was pressures in there too, that are not being mentioned. So, you know, it's going to be hard to not have him, but we'll, we're not going to talk too much about Becton today. Um, AVT was in there. Um, he looked good in the run game, as you said, struggled a little bit in the past game. I did see him get absolutely blown up on one of the, uh, one of the past rushing plays. And that was somewhat alarming. Um, but he's young, he'll learn, and he's got a lot of promise, uh, but we're not going to get too into the O line. I know there's just as a group, I'm saying let's let's put the brakes on them. I think we were hoping they would yeah, be a okay. little bit better coming into week one, but also it's week one, so let's see how they develop as a, a, as a unit. A little worried about the right guard spot, but we'll get into that if it's an issue again next week. But um, yeah, agreed. I don't think we need to spend too much time. Yeah, on Gr- that. Greg Van Roten. Greg Van Roten is a great guy, but not so sure he's a great guard. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I think um, <laughs> he's our best option right now. So I don't really know who else we have but at the same time um i don't think i think everybody that watched the game knows we need to improve there so i don't know if we need to continue to talk about it because it's kind of frustrating me just thinking about it hopefully those guys can be real good next week against a you know a really well coached team in, in new england but um yeah definitely struggle struggle was an understatement but let's just give the kids some time to throw and, and let's establish some running game because you could clearly see that's what they wanted to do early um so hopefully that you know the game plan will come together and, and they'll be better. Yeah. Now that you mentioned it, the run game was another area I had on the, uh, on the down. So for Zach to, to be able to open up this offense and for LaFleur to open it up, they need that run game. So they struggled Sunday. It was not pretty. Um, you know, I think they're forcing Tevin Coleman in there cause he's the veteran. I don't think he's the most talented out of the group. I think they, they need to roll with sort of a hybrid of, of Ty Johnson and Michael Carter. Um, but they need to have some lanes to run through. I mean, they're running right into to the wall there. You know, they, yeah, they need they need some, it's a some team lanes. Effort. It's, it's a total team effort. I mean, you know, if you're a running back, if you just think you can't run, if you can't block it, 
And at the same time, you want some guys back there that are extremely talented, which we have some really solid running backs. I wouldn't say we have. You can see the difference when Christian McCaffrey's out there. I mean, the entire team has to pay attention to him. So, um, obviously, we're not in the, you know, we don't have the the ability to go get a guy like that. But at the same time, you know, they're going to have to be on the same page, running the ball, and, you know, run, uh, running back-wise and line. So, um, that's just something that I think will be better as the season goes. So, I – you know, they, they struggled. Again, Carolina has a legitimate defense, so um, we'll see a good test next week. But I really think that um, we have talent at the running back position. Not elite talent, but some pretty solid guys that, that can make some noise. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do going forward. I mean, they'll definitely help Zach out without a doubt. For sure. For sure. Yep, and that'll open the passing game. And speaking of the passing game, our last one we'll talk about, and he's not necessarily down, um, but – the, the whole fan base is completely confused at this point why Denzel Mims is not playing more snaps. He only had two snaps on Sunday, or two or three snaps, had one catch for 40 yards um, You know, on his first play in the game. Seems like he has talent. I know I've heard he's not a scheme fit for these coaches. I don't really care. He's got talent. Get him out there. I mean, uh, he, I he makes I plays. I'd love to see him out there. Um, I... I talent standpoint and just you know where he was drafted and everything you'd love to see him out there over over Braxton Berrios not saying Berrios is a bad player but you know I think Mims has such upside so I really hope they can get fit fit a spot for him somewhere if not you know I always think there's got to be you know reasons for it so I'm hoping Salah can you know give us some reasons why he's not playing whatever it may be hopefully we'll get some more answers going forward but people are going to sleep on him because he hasn't been playing a lot you know, in the preseason now, so many storylines that we don't know about. You know, I think Joe Douglas picked him for a reason. I think he's got four three speed, he's six two, two hundred fifteen pounds. Like he's legit. He's six six two, six three. Like it's a guy that can help. So let's just hope you know he gets more opportunities. And 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 if, and if he doesn't right away, like you know, hopefully there's good reason. But again, we're trying to trust these coaches and as fans and, and this organization as much as we can. So. Um, we'd love to see him out there. I think he could be a difference maker, but, uh, we don't have the answers, unfortunately. Indeed. Indeed. We all want to see these guys turn into something special. So I think that's why everyone's disappointed and he does make plays when he's in there. So hoping, hoping he gets more opportunities and Salah mentioned game flow as the reason, but if you, if you get your, you know, if you, if you believe he's going to be good, he's got to be on the field. So I know Keelan Cole and uh, Jamison Crowder are coming back this week. So oh, yeah. it's going to be harder and harder for Denzel Mims to get reps. And, you know, I just, you know, Barry, it's not like Barrios looked bad. I mean, he looked good. So I'm not going to go and say, like, why is he out there? But, um, you know, it's they're saying they want guys that can play all three positions uh, at wide receiver. So Mims maybe just needs to be more versatile and he can start to get, you know, get more reps. But anyway, we're, we're going to move on to uh, from last week now to the week ahead. So our final segment for today, we're calling it flying forward jets flying. Okay. Uh, anyway, we're, we're, we're going to talk about what the head. So obviously we have the Pats this week. It's the first home game, uh, first home game with fans uh, in over two years. Um, it's time. I'm excited for this game. Ryan, are you going to this game? I will be in the building for Jets Patriots home opener. First time in two years with fans. Um, really seeing this probably going to be an awesome showing from the fans. Um, win, lose, draw. We're going to go in. We're going to bring the energy. Um, 
I think it's just a great way to bring in, you know, the new coaching staff and everybody, you know, we play New England at home. It's like you can't ask for a better game. Um, I think it's going to be a battle. I really do. I think it's going to be a great game. Um, you know, I think defensively we're going to be okay. Offensively, we're obviously going to be um, against the greatest, you know, defensive mind probably ever. <laughs> I don't know if that's crazy to say, but I think Bill Belichick is – It's not. Great. No, it's not. He's unbelievable. So, um, I knew coach. Defensively, he's un- un- incredible. So, um, if, if Zach can look promising against New England, I'll, I'll be, you know, extremely excited. Um, but I think we're going to pack the house. We're going to make the MetLife – it's going to be awesome. Um, so I can't wait. I think there's going to be a lot of interesting matchups. Um, I think it's going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be kind of similar to the Carolina game where the offenses are, you know, stall a little bit just because of the defenses and, uh, you know, whoever grinds out the win and, and, and comes out, uh, strong in the fourth quarter is going to be, is going to be the winner. But again, just so excited to be back in the stadium, um, with fans and, and looking forward to, uh, being out in, in MetLife. Yeah, no, that'll be fun. I'm hoping you guys can record some cliffs uh, as you enter that atmosphere Sunday. Um, so would love to throw them on the pod next week. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for that too. I unfortunately can't go this week, but look, it's it's a huge opportunity for this team to win their first home game with this new regime, with the new quarterback and new coach. So um, would love to see it done. Would love to see it done against the Patriots. Um, obviously the Patriots are not who they used to be, but they're still the Patriots. Bill Belichick is still the coach. Mac Jones definitely is a better quarterback than Cam Newton. Um, so I, I know that, you know, Cam's out of town now. Mac Jones had a pretty solid first outing. Um, lots of, you know, dump offs and things like that, but you know what? It was solid. He's a rookie and he, he's making plays. Uh, they lost their first game. So both teams are zero and one. So there's definitely motivation for each team to get their first win. Um, you know, I think some of those keys to that game are like, Bill's going to send that pressure. So maybe we got to make sure we protect Zach, um, you know, cause that pressure is going to be coming big time. Big uh, test, Bill, big you test. know, it, it happened, it happened with Sam and Sam struggled and crumbled basically underneath it. And, you know, we want to see how Zach reacts to that and those c- coverages that Bill's going to throw out there to confuse him, you know, so I think it's going to be a huge test for him. And if he passes, I think the Jets will win the game. I do. I think they have you know, a little bit more talent, even I think on their offense, you know, if you, you know, if you look at some of the receiving groups, um, even the running back groups. So uh, it'll be up to Zach, I think, to, to, and the O-line to basically win this game. I think the defenses will both hold up pretty well. Um, I would like to see Elijah Moore get more involved this week with more over the middle uh, action, little, you know, quick passes, things like that, you know, to get him more involved because he's a special talent. I know he dropped the ball Sunday, but, you know, he's still, uh, you know, yeah. incredible, incredibly talented. So I think we need Crowder to get back. him the ball and let him work in space. And getting Crowder back, I, I know a lot of fans were trying, oh, let's trade him, let's trade Getting him back, he's a quarter, he's a rookie quarterback or a young quarterback's best friend. He, he seems to be open all the time, um, knows how to get open in zone. He's a veteran presence that is in the huddle that, that I think will help a lot. So getting him back, getting Cole back, depth at receiver and, and, uh, it's going to be a big test, but talk about a game that could energize the fan base if we can win this one. So um looking forward to it, and, and I'm ready for the defense to just go out and have a great game because I think it's a game that we can take advantage of because um, I think we're going to stop the run and make Mac make throws and uh, see what he's made of. But I think it's going to be a nice rookie rookie quarterback showdown. It'll be fun. 
Yeah, and I, I expect Mac's going to get rid of the ball quick. So I think it's going to be how fast can we close on the tackles with these linebackers and, and safeties. And, you know, uh, can we, again, bend, not break, and hope for, hope for our offense to, to beat their offense. And I think, you know, we have, like you said, some depth now. I think we have to have to get the run game going or it's not going to work. So, um, you know, we need to get some some early success there um, and, and adjust based on what Bill throws at us. But I'm getting excited just talking about it. It's definitely going to be electric uh, in that stadium on Sunday. And, uh, you know, I'm hyped hyped for you to be there. So, you know, we're looking forward to it. Do you have any uh, other, other predictions or, or maybe a, a score prediction? Um, I think this is the game where Elijah Moore has, you know, some special – you know, uh, flashes where you see something, you're like, Oh my goodness, that, that dude is, that dude's legit. Um, cause they kind of held him in check last week and hopefully can surprise some people. And, and I, I don't want to give us, uh, <laughs> uh, give us a score prediction. I'll, I'll go, um, I'll go 17, 17, 14. Let's go Jets, baby. Let's go Jets. All right, I, mean, I like I'm, it. Right, by the way, I'm going to predict the Jets to win every game that you ask me. So <laughs> I'm not going to ever say the team. Just so 17-14, New York Jets. Let's go. Love it, love it. I, I actually think the Jets will pull this one out too. Um, I do think we'll we'll get it done, uh, and we'll we'll get this fan base amped. We'll be one and one going into the next week. I'm going to give us a few more a few more points. I'm going to say we're going to score 20, 24 points, and the Patriots will score seventeen giving this W to us and uh, I'm excited for it, man. I'm excited. So uh, that, that wraps up our podcast this week. We're going to keep it short, sweet, and to the point. Let's get excited for week two against the Patriots. Remember to check us out at rosterupmedia.com. Go leave us a review on Apple podcasts, subscribe, share with your friends. Let's get pumped, baby. Take flight, all gas, no break. Jet up. We'll see you next time. See you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Jet Up. Remember to go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Twitter at JetUpPod. This episode is brought to you by RosterUp Media, where football meets data. Head to RosterUpMedia.com for more great NFL content.